Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, if there's one absolute in our secular culture today, I would say it's non-judgmentalism. Right? What do you hear everywhere today? Look, everyone's got a right to his or her own opinion his or her own lifestyle, sexual orientation, now even gender. To critique someone else is simply an arrogant imposition of one's own perspective on somebody else. Moreover, it gives rise to terrible feelings of inadequacy and self-reproach, culminating in in self-harming and even suicide. And therefore, we tolerate everybody, and we indeed celebrate our diversity, right? That should sound pretty familiar. I'm just rehearsing things you hear all the time in the secular press, on television, in almost any movie you watch. You know, we just don't judge people. Everyone's got a right to to determine what their life's all about. Furthermore, some people seeking to defend this point of view from a biblical perspective will point to Jesus' famous enjoinder. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Right? I mean, Jesus himself says that. So why, why, why do we keep judging people? They also will point to Jesus' great practice of, of open table fellowship. He had this radically inclusive way of being. He was friend not just to the saints, but to sinners too. Not just to the righteous, but to tax collectors and prostitutes. So shouldn't we have a similarly non-judgmental, inclusive attitude. Now, what should be clear is that this can't mean, I mean, whatever whatever Jesus is meaning here, it can't mean that we never point out moral failures. Now, now why do I say that with such confidence? Well, because Jesus does that all the time, right? I mean, take an honest look at the Sermon on the Mount, which is a summary of Jesus' uh, teaching. You tell me there's not one word of moral judgment in that sermon. Or look at Jesus' interactions with the scribes and Pharisees. I mean, a a fellow who shouts, you whitewashed sepulchers, impressive on the outside, but on the inside filled with all filth and dead men's bones, I mean, doesn't sound to me like a contemporary inclusive guy. Do you know what I mean? So, How do we interpret Jesus' words in light of our own preoccupation with non-judgmentalism? Well, it seems to me, it means we should never assume the stance of moral superiority. We should never lord it over people with our moral rectitude. We should never use the law to aggress others and put them down. Does that make sense? Because, you know, fellow sinners, we all do this all the time. 
we delight in gossiping. Why? Because we're kind of taking the high ground. I mean, I don't do these things, but these other people do. Or we use the law precisely as a weapon of aggression. Oh, oh, I know the law so well, and I can tell you clearly you are violating it. I've got such a clear knowledge of the church's moral teaching and of canon law and everything else that I can tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. Now, am I doing it to help you? No, I'm doing it to, to uh, express my own superiority or to give vent to my aggression. I think that's what the Lord means when he says, don't judge. It can't mean, oh, everything's fine. Don't worry. Everyone's got a right to his own uh, uh, self-determination. It can't mean that. Furthermore, I mean, we should always be in an attitude of welcome and invitation, as the Lord is. I mean, he welcomes, yes, sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors. Does that mean he's approving of their lifestyle? No, by no means. He clearly doesn't approve. He clearly calls them to repentance. But the first step in that process is indeed an attitude of welcome and invitation. So I, I think that's clear what Jesus means and doesn't mean when he says, don't judge. Actually, our second reading today from Paul to the Romans is, is rather eminently helpful here. Paul says simply and incisively that love is the fulfillment of the law. See, mind you, Paul was a man of the law. You know, he went to Jerusalem as a young man to study the Jewish law, the Torah, and all the attendant regulations of Jewish life. How do you sum up all of these hundreds and hundreds of regulations? And Paul saw it very clearly in the command to love. But what's love? Love is willing the good of the other. See, and that's precisely why propagation of the law in a judgmental way is so ridiculous. For the, the bad attitude undermines the whole point of the law. You see what I mean? If you're saying, hey, I'm on my high horse to, to advocate for the law, and I'm going to come after you, and I'm going to put you down, and I'm going to put you in your place. Well, you're undermining the whole purpose of the law, which is love. Okay. But now, be careful. Remember again, to love is to will the good of the other. Therefore, to remain indifferent to someone's moral failure, blithely to approve of whatever they're doing out of fear of hurting their feelings, is not an act of love. Let me say that again. To remain indifferent to someone's moral failure, they're on some self-destructive path. And, and blindly to approve of it because you're afraid of hurting their feelings. That's not willing their good, is it? In fact, it's just protecting yourself. Think of a parent who'd be so concerned with hurting his child's feelings that he never intervenes when drug abuse or reckless driving or keeping the company the wrong people became marks of the child's behavior. Love? Hardly. That, that's a kind of uh, cowardly self-protection. 
No, to love, to will the good of the other is sometimes indeed to judge, is to intervene and say, this is wrong and it has to stop. So we speak today, you know, of tough love appropriately. Okay, so that's kind of the background, I think, of how do we work our way through these teachings. There's something right about judge not, you will not be judged. There's never an attitude of superiority, never an aggression. But it can't mean this modern sort of anything goes ratification of whatever I happen to say about myself. It can't mean that. Okay, so with that background in mind, let's get down into the weeds. Let's get down to brass tacks. How precisely do you correct another, judge if you want, and stay within the bounds of love? How do you do it? Well, our gospel for today, taken from Matthew's gospel, is extremely helpful, I think, in this regard. And over the years of, of my work in the church and dealing in pastoral situations, I've often gone back to this passage to give people really concrete advice of how to intervene or how to, how to correct, how to judge appropriately within the context of love. Jesus proposes here a kind of step-by-step approach. Following, if I can put it this way, sort of process of subsidiarity. You know, in the Catholic social teaching, subsidiarity means that problems should be adjudicated at the most local level first, and only when they can't be adjudicated there should they be moved to the next level of authority, right? So you move slowly from the most local to the highest. You don't run to the highest level. Well, there's something like that here, I think. Listen now what the Lord says. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now, maybe broaden that a little bit. If your brother sins against you or your brother's doing something that you think is really self-destructive, maybe it's not a sin against you, but it's, it's, you know, behavior that's really destructive. Tell him his fault between you and him alone. How simple that sounds, yet how difficult it is. How much easier to complain to others, right? To trumpet out on Facebook, to gossip and backstab. That's what we tend to do, we sinners. Jesus says, go to the person one-on-one and willing his good, bring the matter to his attention. Gosh, how many conflicts, heartaches, broken relationships could be avoided if we but followed this little rule. Think about that for a second. Go over the, your life. How many heartaches could have been avoided if we followed this rule? Now, if he listens to you, changes his life, terrific. You've successfully judged, but in the context of love. All right. What if he doesn't listen to you? Then what do you do? Well, head right to Facebook. Start bad-mouthing. Tell the whole world. No, 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 no. Go to the next level and with the same attitude of love. Jesus says, if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. Bring one or two others who would share the same perspective. People willing to help the other. They don't want to lord it over them. They want to make fun of them. Anyone who's been involved in a successful intervention, either on the giving or receiving end, you know what I mean? someone who's, who's uh, drinking too much or they're, or they're involved in some kind of bad behavior and there's an intervention on the part of their family or friends, 
anyone involved in this knows the power of this move. Not just one person, but a group who've all noticed the same destructive behavior. An open-hearted person usually finds it hard to deny or resist at this point. All right, what if that doesn't work? Well, go to Facebook. No, no, no. Go to the next level. Jesus says, if he refuses to listen, then tell the church. Notice, please, not the whole undifferentiated world, but the church. That's to say the community of those who care about that person in Christ. I love how this gospel walks us beautifully between the, the scylla of oppressive judgmentalism and the charybdis of an indifferent toleration. You know what I mean? It finds the path that allows us to judge in the appropriate sense without ever becoming judgmental. It allows us to do it in a way that respects how the basic meaning of the law is always love. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.